Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of Get More Success. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. Now, today, I have the award-winning filmmaker, Susan Earle. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you, Warwick. Now, I'm going to call you Sue because that's how I know you rather than Susan. That sounds a bit too formal. Uh, or do you prefer Susan? Uh, you can call me whatever you want, Warwick. Excellent. I will do so. <laughs> Within, you know, limits. Within, within, within bounds of propriety, yeah, of course. Propriety, that's right. That's it. Hey, um, now congratulations on your most recent film, which is called Deep Storage. That's right. It's called Deep Storage. And that's fantastic. And you recently won uh, Best Film or Best Short at the Bentonville Film Festival in, was it Arkansas? It's in northwest Arkansas, of all places. Yes. So like, so you, yeah, you, you ask me stuff, Warwick, and I'll... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, so I want to get back more to that, but as an award-winning filmmaker and creative, I have to ask you the question that I ask so many of my guests. How do you define success? That's a very, very good question. Um, because I think, um, for me, it's a very personal uh thing in terms of what i set myself is um what i'd like to achieve you know myself and of course i because of my age and how long i've been doing this for i have quite a different measure to perhaps how a lot of the world would measure success so um i know that i'm never going to win an oscar or i'm never going to have my own um you know, watched by millions TV show. But I think if I just have to do it for myself personally, um, for me right now, it's creating things that kind of come uh, from my heart or, you know, my own, my own um, stories uh, with my own little bent. And if I can create that in whatever way, which is usually either writing a script or making a film or drawing a cartoon. Um, if I sort of um, create something that I am happy with and it's a very lovely thing if the world is also happy with it or they enjoy it, then that's my measure of success. Okay. So and it, it must that have felt... Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Because uh, it's the kind of thing that it's not easy to define, is it? Like when I know there's a lot of my guests I'll say now, the first question will be, how do you find success? And they'll be like... Oh, that's really hard. So you have to take time to really think about for yourself, well, what is that success? So, and and I really get from your perspective where it, you know, you wouldn't have set out creating this film to be going, oh, I hope I can win that award in little Arkansas, Bentonville. That'll make it good. It's like you would, did you just start off thinking, I want to create this film because I have this story to tell? Yes. Yes. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. So, um, I I have a lot of like, I have a lot of short film scripts that I've written and I and I would love to make them all eventually you know and I'm I'm always making and writing new stuff um, and for me it's partly I'm also a realist I think um, you know 
I have a mortgage and I, <laughs> you know, and I, I like to travel and I like to live a certain kind of a life. And, you know, um, I really admire and respect people I studied with, say at film school or in my writing course. Um, a lot of them, um, some people have done it really tough, you know, financially because they've made certain choices. And so um, I think for me, it's sort of living a life that's uh, balanced in terms of I can be creative, but I can also, um, I can also live. And that's the thing is that there really is that every choice has a cost. So if you want to be the Academy award winning, amazing filmmaker, you've got to go through, well, the perception is you've got to go through struggle town or do your time or, or just be so committed to that, that you don't get a mortgage because any spare dollar you've got, you're throwing into your creative work. Yes, that's right. That's right. Was yeah. That's right. Hey, now, this is, um, this is not the first award-winning film that you've made either. Like, you have a previous film. I'm just looking at the Susan Earle IMDb page, and it's telling me that you also won the jury prize at the Paris Independent Film Festival for Valmay the Visitor from Beep Beep Bleetlebox. Tell me a little bit about that film. Sure. So, um, well, I, um, I come from an animation background and so I went to film school and did animation. And then as I sort of got older and written more different stuff, I now make more, um, live action stuff. So I actually got some funding about five or six years ago from Screen Australia. Thanks Screen Australia. Um, to make a short animation. And of course, because animation, partly why I've moved to live action is um, uh, anima- I, I basically had this money to make this film and it took me like a year and a half full time, like <laughs> didn't do anything else. Um, so I made this animated film, it's 15 minutes long. Uh, it's, um, it had quite a good festival life. And uh, you normally, you know, when you send stuff out to film festivals, it goes for say a year or two and then it's kind of, you know, uh, most festivals like stuff that's quite fresh. But um, occasionally I just send Velma off to other things after, you know, she'd had a two-year life and then, you know, every year I'd keep sort of sending it off to a few other festivals and I just, I think it was 2016 I won that award and I just was sending it off. Um, occasionally you get invited sort of loosely to festivals and so this festival, I don't know how I got onto it, but sent it off to this Paris Independent and... Um, yeah, I won the best animation. So that was, you know, and that was well into Velma's life as a film. It was like five years later, but um, that was quite thrilling as well. So it's always very, uh, yeah, it's very heartening and nice when you know people in a different place of the world are watching your film and obviously enjoying it. So that's... Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's a funny, quirky little story. Um, and, and I want to get back and talk to you a little bit about deep storage. But before I do that, I want to talk about you, how did you get into filmmaking? What was it that made you think, I know, I'll make films, <laughs> draw pictures, and write fabulous scripts? <laughs> Thanks, Warwick. Um, well, I, I think if I was braver when I was young, younger, I would have gone to proper film school at like 21 or whatever. Um, I think I was quite unconfident and a bit, lost you know in my late teens and I tried I first of all I applied to go to art school this is back in New Zealand and um I didn't get in and it kind of really threw my confidence so I kind of thought oh you know maybe my stuff's crap and and so I sort of gave up for a while but I always always just um went through the world whatever jobs I was doing or traveling I was always sort of 
taking notes on people's characters or um, quirky little stories that I enjoyed or, and I always felt it was going to go into something eventually. So in my sort of late twenties, I was a bit braver, you know, I'd sort of done a few things and kind of sorted out a few, you know, things that were maybe I didn't feel confident about. And I applied to go to film school in Melbourne and I, um, I got onto a couple of courses and I finally chose the RMIT one. So that was kind of the beginning of when I first made my first student film, it was so kind of thrilling because I'd had all these ideas for such a long time. And one of my teachers, he sort of said to me, it's all right, Susan, you will get a chance to make another film. Cause I just, <laughs> I was trying to put every idea out of my head into my, um, you know, into my student film. And it, it, it was like 13 minutes long, which was kind of unheard of back then because most people made sort of three minute films. But, um, that kind of launched me really in terms of realizing, oh yeah, I can, I can do this and, and I want to do more, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think sort of selfishly was, I, I think I, 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 I just want to make my own stuff, you know, and, and I, and I really admire and respect other people who, who do work in TV and who write, who write fantastic TV series and stuff, but I just kind of want to make my own stuff. So yeah. in some ways I'm probably more like an artist in that way where I'm, in just in terms of, I kind of almost selfishly, I've got my own stories and I just want to tell these stories, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that brings us back to deep storage. And this is, a, I, I've seen the film. It's again, it's a short, it's about 15 minutes long. And I just think it's fantastic. It's a, it's a beautiful little storyline and the visuals are stunning. So tell us a little bit of, uh, about, start off with, tell us a bit about the storyline so the listeners understand what the story is about. Sure, sure. Um, well, it's um, yeah, it's, f- it's fifteen minutes, like Warwick said. Um, it's um, it's sort of a gentle. It's sort of a romantic comedy, I suppose, but it's very gentle comedy. It's not. It's not you know slapstick or big laughs, but it's just kind of got this warmth about it. Um, it's about a little a little chap called Gus who's a bit socially hopeless because he's got a really he's got a terrible um, speech impediment or stammer. And that might make the sound, it sounds a bit grim, but he, <laughs> actually the setup is quite grim, but it's, there's a happy ending. Um, and he, his mum dies and he ends up having to move out of his, um, they live in like a council house and he's putting his stuff into storage to the local Kennard storage facility. Um, and he really hasn't got anywhere to go. So he kind of goes, uh, you can see him kind of make this decision and he ends up living in his unit and the storage facility and it's kind of okay. Like it's sort of warm and a bit cozy. Um, and he sets up all the stuff around, all his things around him. Um, and he meets the lovely, there's a lovely woman who kind of helps the place. Um, uh, and she, yeah, she sort of has her own, um, uh, I wanted to sort of represent them both as being sort of socially awkward in quite obvious ways. So, she has um, quite badly buck teeth, uh, and so and so she's kind of very self-conscious about when she smiles. She's always covering her mouth and that sort of thing, and it's just a gentle love story of they meeting each other. And I won't ruin the ending in case people get to see it. So it's yeah, yeah, got a, got a little surprise, almost a magic realist little bit of an ending. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And where did the storyline come from? Like, what on earth made you decide to shoot in a storage facility? Because I got to say, from my perspective, the storage facility is probably the third most important cast member because 
some of those sort of tracking shots with those deep parallel corridors that go all the way back are just fa- like they're they're very re- they remind me a lot of like some of the the science fictiony kind of long corridors down the the spaceship kind of thing but they yeah. they are they are stunning like visually it's 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 very well put together so what made you think of doing it in a storage facility it's a good, good, good question, Mark. Um, it's funny because it, it was almost set in a in an office. We we um, and I, you know, because I I often I kind of first got the idea because years ago now I worked in quite a quite a smart office and I was between flats and I was putting my stuff in storage and I had this weird thing where I thought, ah, oh, I could actually. I could kind of live, like I could probably live at my office because it's got a really nice kitchen and a nice bathroom and I could have, you know, slept under my desk or something. But anyway, and then at the same time when I was putting myself in storage, I thought, ah, oh, it's big enough for a mattress, you know. <laughs> and of course, I never, it never happened and it, it wasn't going to happen, but it kind of, you know, it flicked in my head for a moment. Yeah. Um, but no, you're right, the, the actual, we, were, we ended up looking at, um, once we decided on setting it, yeah, it was set in a storage place, we we scouted we sort of uh, location scouted a few places around Melbourne where that the the Victorian manager of the Kennards a guy called Wayne he was he was really he was wonderful he was really supportive of our project and he also in his own way wanted to show off Kennards in the best possible light so when he agreed to let us you know shoot in one of the facilities he wanted us to shoot in the most modern smartest one so. Right. That's why it almost looks a bit uh, spaceshipy, doesn't it? There's kind of this contrast between um, Gus's, you know, his homely little unit with lots of his more daggy stuff in it, and then this very slick, sleek sort of um, Kennard's corridors, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, and I love the way you pointed out. Yeah, it's almost like it's a third cast member, isn't it? It's kind of. Got it, its- it really is, like, because it, it, you know, it's it's in the title of the film, and it really makes it because it's the location that creates. It helps create some of that tension because, you know, as many of the listeners probably know, it's actually not legal to sleep in your storage unit. Um, and so therefore it adds that edginess to it because he's got to, you know, he ends up getting a job there and, and has to try and hide the fact that he's sleeping there. Yet he shows up on the video cameras all the time. So, you know, there's a bit of uh, cat and mouse between him and the manager going on. So how did you, how did you cast this? Because Gus does have a horrendous, speech impediment does he naturally does the, the actor naturally have that or was that put on because he's done it beautifully yeah he has isn't he he's he's some fantastic no um yeah it's called his name is miles o'neill and he's just wonderful um and i have to say we we're very fortunate because we had screen australia funding and this is kind of um one of the first times in my life where, where with some decent funding you can you know we had the chance to cast really well so yeah we had a casting agent um, and we saw about eight to 10 actors for each of the main roles. Um, right. And as soon as, uh, as soon as Miles had done his audition, I just, I was just like, Oh, thank God I found my guy. He's just yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah. He just, he made me teary even on the audition because he just was so earnestly convincing about the way he stammered. It was just, he really was, and he really got the nuances of the character, as did Alice, who plays the love interest. Now, are they her natural teeth? No. So, okay. little secret. <laughs> the, the wonders of movie making. Fake teeth. <laughs> the wonders of it's right. Um, and it's funny, I'm just looking at 
who by the right name on IMDb. But um, so she is a character. She, um, we wanted her to have sort of really quite ridiculous teeth, but not sort of, they could be real. So, but they're pretty full on. They're pretty, they're pretty sticky out and they're pretty buck. Um, And so we ended up. As my uh, uncle would say, she could eat an apple through a picket fence. (laughs) I think she could. (laughs) That's right. So she, yeah, wonderful. Um, We ended up, uh, we went to a proper prosthetic, you know, a proper, um, you know, person who makes false teeth. Mm. or a placement you know um and so they were um yeah we we, we got them made to, to fit into onto alice the actress and she we wanted to get them at least a week before so she could get the hang of wearing them yeah um, and so hopefully they look kind of like sort of realistic but they're just a bit ridiculous yeah yeah but they do look natural like you don't look at them and go oh they're not her teeth you know it's not like yeah. um uh you know austin powers in gold member or whatever you're like yeah. there's no way they're they're his yeah. teeth um, so you've, you've shown this around at different festivals and, uh, where can people actually see this film? Well, it's great. You're interviewing me this week, uh, Warwick, because, because lucky for us, it's online for one week only. Right. Warwick might share that. Um, so if you go to socialshorts.com.au slash comedy, that's socialshorts.com au slash comedy head over there and you can see that film plus a stack of other stuff uh that's out there and um deep storage uh just happens to be the very first film there and there are some other great films there have a look and if you like it vote and uh there's a bit of a competition going on for the australian film industry actor aacta uh social shorts so uh, check it out and um I would, if I was you listening now, I would stop whatever you're doing and go and watch it. And for the 15 minutes, it is uh, very well put together. So you wrote it and directed it. Is that correct? Yes, I did write. Yes, that's right. That's right. This gets um, into uh, this gets into you. I want to make my own stuff. Exactly. I want to make my own stuff. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? Yeah. Like you've created this and you've created Velma and you've done a few other things. Go to IMDb and if it's accurate, it'll tell you what, what uh, the lovely Susan Earl has done. But wh- what's next for you? Um, good question too, Ross. Um, I, I am busy. Right now I've got a, I've also written a feature script that, was optioned a couple of years ago and then as a project it's kind of just um stalled a bit so i've got another feature that i'm sort of halfway through right now and it's a a sort of a alternative sci-fi it's kind of a near future sci-fi and i've also got a couple of web series ideas so right now i'm developing one called the cat whisperer and i'm hoping that'll be my next project (laughs) (laughs) the cat whisperer that is brilliant And, I'll, and I'd love to talk to you about that when it's a bit more of a solid project. It's kind of um, still deeply in development, but I've got lots of ideas. So, Is the biggest challenge to creating something like The Cat Whisperer or a feature film in Australia, is it funding? Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's, to actually, it's all very well making a living, you know, so you can actually pay your bills, but to actually get a project off the ground, you need a, you know, a certain amount of money, so, for example, Deep Storage, we had a, a, a decent amount where we could actually pay, you know, a really good cast and crew properly. Um, yeah, because it's not just the cast, is it? You've got to have, um, you were the director, but you've got to have an assistant director. You've got to have the camera people, the sound people, the post-production people, makeup, yeah. lighting. Like, 
and I'm certain that the Kennards crew and as well as your own crew made sure everything was clean and looked as schmick as possible. So you had the look that you're after also looking at property yet all the stuff in the storage area. So there's lots of little things that go into making up the total look of, of a film like this, even though it's 15, it's a short, it's 15 minutes long. Yeah, no, you're so right. And, and people aren't, you know, aren't aware of when you make a, a film like that, it was a, you know, it's only a 15 minute film, but it was still, it was like a five day shoot. So, yeah. um, and you imagine you're paying uh, a number of people, you know, a whole day's, you know, like five whole days wage and you yeah. pay equity rates. So it's, you know, it is a decent, well, they could be paid more of course, but at least they're paid yeah. know, the legitimate amount. Um, so if I do make my own stuff, I'm, I'm thinking for the web series, if I don't get, you know, some, any kind of uh, government funding, I'll probably do a, a bit of a Kickstarter or a yeah. you know crowdfunding kind of thing just to get enough to actually pay, especially the crew. I think you know, um, yeah, people often do stuff voluntarily, and you think. Yeah. What about what about um, and feel free not to disclose this, but Kennards have obviously had a big role in this film for you. Did they provide some kind of sponsorship or was it a contract relationship in terms of you could use their facility, but you've got to make sure you're showing their logo and mentioning their names as much as possible without being a bit painful about it? Totally right, Warwick. In fact, they were very, very, very generous and they um, let us have, we were there for four days uh, and the deal was basically we show the logo and it splashed all over the place and it was almost, you almost can't really help with Kennard. So, I think they were very happy with how much, um, and we got it. Um, yeah, we basically got it for nothing. So there was, yeah, or you know, that was part of the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, um, but this is what you have to do nowadays: <laughs> was, is you you have to yeah. look at what's an alternate source of funding, and whether that be funding for uh, uh, the set or be funding for the services, etc. So it really is a smart thing to do because what you've created is something very professional, and and as we said. Kennards have provided the third most important cast member um, and some might say even more important. So to be able to do that for um, uh, the deal that you've done is, is sensational. So what's, uh, we talked about what's next for you. You've got a couple of feature films uh, that you're, you're working on. What's the next thing that you think you'll be producing? Um, like I was saying, I think I might try for one of my web series ideas. And okay. I think, that's kind of a new, you know, I think web series is often, um, even by the funding bodies and even you think say iView, ABC iView, it's yes. kind of like a, a nice safe step to, uh, give someone a series because, you know, you, they're only sort of five minutes long often. It's a good way to kind of test, um, if, you know, if there's an audience and yeah. they can play online. And so I think I've, I've never, uh, most of my shorts I've put into festivals first and then they have a bit of an online life. So this will be the first time that I perhaps attempt something that will just go straight online, you know, when it's done. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm aiming to have something I wouldn't mind having made. It'll be like making another short film by the end of the year. So that's kind yeah. of my aim. Okay, Yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Thank you, my darling. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> hey, uh, Susan Earl, the award-winning Susan Earl. Thank you so much for being part uh, of the show and uh, great to have you here. As we said, if people want to have a look at the film, Deep Storage, uh, you've only got until the end of July 2017. Head to socialshorts.com.au/comedy, uh, and it is the very first one linked there. If you like it, click the like button uh, and help the lovely Susan Earl win 
more awards for her her category. Hey, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to help you uh, kick some money into one of your things or be the star actor or come up with an idea or find out more, how's the best way for someone to get in touch with you, Swell? Uh, there's a few ways. Um, I've got a website, which is uh, studioswirl.com.au. So that's um, studio, S-W-I-R-L.com.au? That's it. And Or you could just uh, email me at studioswirl at gmail.com. Fantastic. And I'm hey, happy to, yeah. <laughs> great. Sue, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Warwick. Thanks for having me. It was wonderful. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Mary. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can get more success. <laughs>